welcome to the Sharp Side Podcast. I'm your host, Chas Brada, and joining me, James Bitter's back and Austin Tark. Austin, when was the last time? Probably like British. No, you didn't do British Open with me. Guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> We're fucking back. Sharp Side's back, baby. Yeah, it has been a while for me. Um, but yeah, pumped. Week one, baby. I'm ready to roll. I am excited. I cannot wait to watch. This is a recording on uh, Thursday. We're about two hours, 20 minutes-ish from uh, Thursday Night Football. So I'm ready to roll. Tom Brady's about to put up 40 on the Cowboys. Going to make some money. It'll be good. Um, James, I believe you came in last last year. I, I yeah. just I just kind of want to hear your mindset heading into uh, this year. You know, new year. Are we changing anything? Well, first, Chaz, uh, for our new listeners, describe what our process is and what the competition is as the year goes on. Sure. So um, we have entered a super contest. The three of us each get a, uh, a best bet. Um, it's normally like a first come, first serve kind of thing, which is whoever texts, okay, I, I want the uh, – for example, I want the Vikings first. There you go. Um, and uh, we just kind of, it's kind of like a competition between uh, the three of us, see who has the best record at the end of the year. And then we will just kind of like come to a decision at the end of each podcast on uh, the other two picks. Uh, this year, I believe, are we a uh, winner gets a, a free round at Torrey Pines Golf Course? I'm in. I did hear that until now, but all right. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Sweet. Um, <laughs> Put, put, putting a little, a little stakes behind it. But um, Austin is the, the defending champion. Thank you. Um, congratulations. I choked. I had, a, I had a gigantic lead. Yeah, I remember talking shit to James the whole time, and I somehow ended up in first place. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I felt pretty good. Um, we did have a very successful overall year last year. We cashed in our contest. Um I, uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, doing it again this year. I, I actually, I just, compl- I could like, had like completely removed that from my mind at, um, before, uh, kind of coming into the season. And now I'm really excited to uh, follow along uh, with the super contest. So, um, mm-hmm. new season COVID is not really bucking its head anymore this year. Not really. We might still have a, a couple players, or coaches out with COVID from time to time. But um, what do you think uh, changes this year? James, we'll start with you. Uh, I think there's a lot that changes. Are you just talking like game to game or like just atmospheres or just like big picture? Um, you decide. Well, the first thing for me is just going to be fans back. It's like just seeing in like college football and other sports, it's making an absolutely huge difference. And if there are no fans and we saw, some teams last year were really good on the road and other teams kind of struggled at home that are usually pretty good at home. So I'm curious to see with fans back, does that continue or does it kind of regress back to the norm? Awesome. What about you? Same thing. Completely agree with that home field advantage is going to play a much bigger factor this season. Um, but then we also do still have to pay attention to the guys who are going to be out for COVID. Um, I mean, because this with the new variant and with teams, some players vaccinated, when some some people not. The fact that you can still get COVID even if you are vaccinated, players are still going to miss time, and it's just going to be the type of thing where sometimes you'll get really lucky on a line, and then other times you might just get screwed because a star player has it. Um, so just something to look out for as the year goes on. Yeah, it's um, a good point. Um, and I like last year, like the overs were hitting at a crazy, crazy rate. I feel like we're going to see a little more suppressed totals just because I feel like with the lack of home field advantage made it a bit easier for road teams to score. So um, I don't know, just something to keep an eye on. Um, Just kind of going through before we get into our best bets and then the rest of the games, just, I I imagine we'll kind of combine um, like with what, whatever our thoughts are on the game with um, our, I guess our outlook on the team for this season. Uh, so just keep that in mind when you're listening along. Um, but Austin, you were the leader in the clubhouse last year. Woo. Uh, you get to start us off first, and your best bet is the Minnesota Vikings laying three on the road at uh, the Cincinnati Bengals with a total of 47. Austin, where are we looking there? 
definitely I'm looking at the Vikings minus three. Uh, I was hoping to get under a field goal, but not the end of the world. Um, I'm coming into the season pretty low on the Bengals. I'm still not a Zach Taylor believer. Um, I've also heard a lot of things out of camp um, saying that this Bengals offense isn't looking very good, particularly Jamar Chase, who's having a lot of drops. Um, I've heard he's even losing snaps to Auden Tate, who's their fourth wideout on the team. Um, so just not much to buy into on this Bengals squad. Um, on the other hand, I'm buying into the Vikings. Uh, I just, I think there's a lot of things that didn't go their way last year, such as defensive injuries. They lost a lot of one score games. Um, and then in particular, they, their team have a really strong home field advantage. Um, I know that doesn't play a factor for this game, but for their season total um, with fans back in the stadium, I think that's going to help them quite a bit. Um, but I, what I really like about this Vikings team is the fact that they added the, um, their defensive lineman is back. Uh, they got Hunter Griffin and Pierce back. Um, they just, I saw they have Sheldon Richardson. They got Weatherly. Their D line should be able to feast. And especially on a Bengals team that has a really weak offensive line. Uh, their Bengals, their Vikings, their one flaw last year, the biggest one was the fact that their secondaries was pretty weak and they didn't add too many pieces. They did add Patrick Peterson, uh, which is Chaz and I were talking, doesn't exactly move the needle. Um, but at, at the same time, that Viking uh, Zimmer's defense is a difficult one to learn. And with these young corners having another year of experience, the secondary most likely will be better. Um, and I just think in a game such as this, it won't play too much of a factor considering how much under pressure uh, Burrow will be. Um, another thing is Trey Wayne, the main cornerback for the Bengals is out. Eli Apple's going to fill in who was cut twice last year for being out of shape. So good luck guarding Thielen or Justin Jefferson. I just think the Vikings are going to be able to get theirs and the Bengals won't be able to keep up. Um, so I think Vikings minus three is a pretty solid bet. Yeah. Um, lo love the handicap. I do agree. I do agree with the uh, Viking side here. Um, one thing that, that I think is kind of interesting about Eli Apple is I, I'm pretty sure he led the league in pa pass interferences last year or like pass <laughs> interference rate. So <laughs> I like yeah. that. More. <laughs> Great news. Um, James, what are your thoughts on this game? This was actually my second favorite play. I completely agree. Uh, in addition to what you said, I've also heard there are still some concerns about Burrow recovering from the ACL and just like a complete, basically reconstructive knee surgery. Uh, so if he can't move in the pocket or use his legs, which is actually like a pretty big part of his game, I think it really hinders that offense, which kind of leads me to this under. Um, I think the Bengals will take more of a run first approach to preserve Burrow in this game and just kind of just worry about his longevity of the season. So I see this this clock just melting the entire game. I think the Vikings just kind of cruise the win. Yeah, I agree. And uh, overall, I like. I just I don't I'm not buying into Zach Taylor. I mean, I imagine that's a pretty popular uh, sentiment, but for a coach who has never shown any like shown any promise, really. So like, uh, you know, he's uh, he was one of like the McVay assistants who because he was a McVay assistant, he got a job, but like, you could see you, like you could, you could see it right away with Kyle Shanahan. You could see it right away with Sean McVay and like all these like really young uh, kind of guys. And Zach Taylor is kind of in the um, Adam Gase tier. Maybe that's a little unfair to him, but it's just, I haven't, I haven't seen anything, whether it's like being competitive in a close game and like, you know, changing up the plays It's all just like the bad, the bad plays. So Go Vikings. Um, thing, I just can't believe that the Bengals didn't do more to their offensive line. I mean, they're still coming in with a pretty so bad, bad offensive line. And like when you have Joe Burrow, who's especially coming off an injury, it's just so dumb. I mean, he's the star of this team. He's the only thing that's going to keep him out of the gutter. I just uh, poor, poor offseason from them. And well, and like their like their crown crown addition was Riley Reef, who he wasn't even good in Minnesota last year yeah, for, for, for years for that matter. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, there's a, there is, I don't know, not great things going on there. And I think it's just kind of how the organization runs the team. Like the ownership kind of prioritizes profit over uh, winning football, which bring, bring back Marvin Jones. No, thanks. No, that's <laughs> there. Um, <laughs> God, you almost put me to sleep there. Uh, my my best bet, the New York Jets getting four and a half points. Jets, Jets, Jets. Four and a half points on the road at the Panthers. Um, that total is 44. 
44, which I also uh, do. I also do like the uh, the over here. Um, it's simple. Adam Gase is not calling plays. Adam Gase is not on the sideline anymore. There for someone who there's something to be said about the culture of a team where you go from someone as unenthusiastic and overall just like bleh like that's like that's that's like what what that's what i saw on the sideline when i which just from the from like my my own couch and like i it's hard to to gauge what like the players were like there's just a lack of complete energy and i think it showed in performance that like you got defensive assistants calling a or i think call what was it, like the cover zero and then you just lose on a last second hail mary to the raiders that stuff's not that's <laughs> that stuff's not happening with Robert Sala. Um, I think he is possibly the complete opposite of Adam Gase. Like he's fiery and he, he knows how to like lead a football team. Now, aside from all this like narrative garbage that I just spewed right there, the team got improved this year. I think that um, Zach Wilson from Sam Darnold is a huge upgrade at quarterback. Um, I've, the, I think their O-line is just going to uh, get better at uh, with time. It's they, Added another uh, rookie guard um, they have, and they have Mackay Becton on the line too. Um, they're no longer giving force feeding Frank Gore the ball. Um, <laughs> and they have what, and they have like good talent at receiver too. Um, and that's offensively defensively. I th- I think what Salah brings is invaluable. They're instantly going to be better, better on, on defense. They get CJ Mosley back. The secondary is, fine i think marcus marcus may is good you know there's question marks um at corners and stuff like that but the d-line should be better um another year of hopeful uh quinn and williams improvement it sucks that carl lawson is hurt but uh he would have been a huge addition but um and not that i'm not down on the panthers per se but i i think i just don't think they should be laying this many points um, especially with all of, like the question that surround them, they have they have offensive weapons up the ass. But we, but like same same Darnold, like he hasn't really shown enough consistency to warrant laying four and a half points. On, um, and while I do like Matt Rule, I don't, uh, and Joe Brady for that matter, I some something's lacking. And I uh, know I just think it's far too many points. Jets are winning this game, and they are making the playoffs this year. Go Jets. James, what do you think? Some hot takes in there. Follow that up. He threw in that last bit. It's kind of quiet. I'll just say I lean the other way. I just – I don't know. I mean, the Gates effect is real. We've seen it everywhere he's gone with Tannehill um, and some of the other quarterbacks he's had and just uh, franchises he's had. But uh, I don't have a lot on this game. Uh, this is a game I looked at and just ha- really wanted no part in, but I guess both you guys like the Jets, so go Jets. Hell yeah. Uh, I circled this game as Sam Darnold revenge game, and I put an eye emojis next to it. Um, and then I started to think about it, and now it's four and a half. But I wrote down, Sam Darnold is really favored by five and a half points here. Like I w- Has that ever happened before? Uh, I don't know how we, we can expect that he's a different quarterback than what he was on the Jets. Uh, here's a stat since 2018. There are 27 quarterbacks who have played a thousand plays. He's dead last in EPA per play. And he's the only quarterback with a negative EPA per play. Uh, I just, I'm, I agree with all the sentiments that Chaz said, the Jets have got better at O-line receiver. They've upgraded a quarterback. They've upgraded a coach. I just don't think Darnold should be favored by this many points here. And with the Jets strength being their D-line and the Panthers not exactly having the best O-line, if they put Darnold under pressure, Jets got it. So I think Jets are very live in this game, and I love them at four and a half, too. Um, I, I want to say something real quick, though. If you're going to play the Gase card for the Jets, why can't you also use that with Darnold? That's fair. But That is fair. I also don't think I, – I don't know if um, – no, that's, that's a good point, which I, I would expect same Darnold improvement just because he's, he's out from under the – Adam, Adam Gase um, kind of regime, but that, yeah. that's, all, that, that's also why I, uh, I'm betting the over. I bet, I think I bet over 43 and a half and um, 
So I like I expect points to be in this game. I just don't. I think that the Jets are more likely to get stopped stops due to defensive improvement and just a lackluster Panthers O line. So go Jets. Um, James, your bet, your best bet. Um, in the news today, the Baltimore Ravens laying for uh, Monday night at uh, at the Las Vegas. I almost said Oakland at the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, James, what are your thoughts here? I I know you aren't super excited about this anymore, just because they lost two pretty kind of important pieces to torn ACLs at the same yeah. practice. But uh, uh, what are your thoughts? I heard it was actually back to back plays, if you can believe it or not. But wow. Really? Yeah. What are the odds of that? Yeah, but I'm riding the Ravens minus four. Uh, I see some mismatches in this game, and it comes up the line of scrimmage. The Raiders last year were 24th in rush defense. Um, and on the other side of the ball, the Ravens were first, and they ran for over 3,000 yards. Uh, there's a lot of turnover on the offensive line, which does give me a little bit of concern, but they do get Ronnie Stanley back from injury, which is big. Um, and the other part of this handicap, too, is John Harbaugh in the preseason week one is a lock. His last four years, he's won 38-6, 59-10, 47-3, and 20 nothing in week one. So four points on the road doesn't really scare me. I don't think the Raiders did a lot to improve this offseason. Um, what scares me a little bit, besides the turnover on the offensive line, and obviously the lack of depth at running back now, is that home field. Uh, I'm curious to see if it is rocking like it's supposed to be in that dome and if it is that loud. But even if it is, I trust Lamar Jackson, John Harbaugh to make the right adjustments to half. And I think the Ravens roll. Austin, what do you think? I didn't write down much for this game. Um, I I did see that Harbaugh stat, how good he is in week one. Um, and with James, I also fear that home field. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of a little high on the Raiders this year, though. Um, just I like that they added in Gawkway. They added Casey Hayward. Um, but that being said, their defense still isn't great. Um, D-line, D-line and secondary are kind of weak. I think they're actually kind of an over team this year. Um, in a game like this where we're getting 50 and a half, I kind of lean the over. Um, but being, I don't know, to be honest, it's a pass for me, but I'm cool. With, I'm cool with the Ravens minus four. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I lean Ravens. I think that if I'm, do you guys think that even more money could come in on the Raiders? Yes. I don't know. Does I, it really get off four? Yeah, Cause like, I mean, Marcus Peters is super important. He's an all-pro corner. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and I, and it, it immediately moved half a point. But um, well, I think I mean, the Ravens will get some love Monday. I bet yeah. they'll be very public on Monday. So I, I I could see it going down for a day, maybe two, and then come Sunday, Monday, I think it kicks back up a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. I bet that total could move though. I bet it gets to fifty-one. Being that's a yeah, fifteen right, right now. Yeah, yeah, that's not a that. ball. Also, fifty-one's a key total number, correct? Yep, yep. There, there you go. Um, all right, we covered our best bets. To recap, um, Austin with the Vikings minus three. Uh, myself, Jets, 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 Jets plus four and a half. They're gonna win that game too. And James Bitter uh, with the Baltimore Ravens minus four Monday Night Football. Um, there you have it. Before. We kick it to the rest of the uh, Sunday games. Just a quick word from our sponsor. All right. Um, man, I'm excited for Sunday. First shout game. Out Anchor. Shout out Anchor, by the way. Shout out, yes, shout out Anchor. <laughs> shout out, of course, of course. Um, Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. Bills are laying six and a half. Um, total at 48. Austin, I believe you said it was going to be a windy game, right? Yeah, we're supposed yes. to see 15 miles per hour, I believe. All right, Austin, kick us off. Where, where are you leaning here? I'm leaning Steelers. It's going to be a pass for me. But really, I'm looking back at last last season where these two teams faced off in week 14. Steelers were two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. And now we're looking at this game and what, it's six-and-a-half? I just don't think this line change is warranted. Um, Steelers were limping into that game, and now we're seeing them healthy. Um, and the spread is all the way up to six-and-a-half. It's it, it, I would want to bet the Steelers, but I just – I have no idea what we're going to see from the Steelers offense. Their O-line is pretty much brand new, and it's most likely going to be bottom half in the league. They got a new off offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. Um, he's supposed to be a plus EV play caller, but, you know, I just you, I can't, I just don't know what to expect on week one. 
Um, just too much unknowns. And yeah, the other thing that's scaring me is just the fact that I think the Bills are probably the second best team in the league. I think they're an offensive juggernaut. Um, but this is kind of a bad matchup for them, just being that Steelers' strength is their defense and the fact that TJ Watt just got paid. He'll definitely be playing. Um, so in a game where the Steelers, it's strength versus strength, six and a half points seems like a lot. James, what about you? I agree with everything Austin said, and I'm willing to change this from a lean to a like to me. So I think I'm actually going to play this if it stays at six and a half. Uh, the line movement just doesn't make sense to me. I think a lot of the public just loves the Bills right now. Uh, they were kind of the fairytale team with the Browns last year, and I think that's kind of just driven this market all the way up. Six and a half seems like a few too many to me, and if I'm getting like almost a touchdown with Tomlin as an underdog where he thrives, mm-hmm. it's a spot I really like him in. Um, and we, I mean, we saw this game last year. The Steelers came in under man, uh, just super banged up on defense, a lot of injuries. And they, they I think they ended up 23-15. Um, I mean, they kept it within a score. Um, with full health here, I think they can stay within six for sure. Yeah, like that was that was kind of like the week two of the end for the Steelers where they got absolutely screwed by the schedule. And they were it, it just like injuries mounted up. And after starting, what they started like 11 and 1, 11 and 0. I think it was 11, 11 and 0. That's yeah. insane. Um, which I, th- it's, it didn't help that like Big Ben couldn't throw the ball more than four yards and all, and like, you know, all these injuries and stuff. But they're still a good team. And I feel like, for, like, now that we are kind of like a year removed, I feel like the overall sentiment of the Steelers is down. I mean, I, I think I, I was advocating that the Steelers could be uh, in line for the number one pick. I don't really think that anymore. I think their team is just way too talented for that. But um, I, th- I I did bet a, bet a seven a couple weeks ago. I don't like it as much anymore, but um, uh, I, I'm back in the Steelers here. Wind will play in their favor. Um, if the offense is at all like any better than – with that talent at receiver and at running back, I, I just think they're going to be able to, uh, to score enough to keep it the Bills. Plus, TJ Watt got big money today. That, that'll be, that, that, it's good to have him back. Should be a confidence booster. What would you guys say to an under 48? I would like it. I, would, I mean, I'd consider playing it. I don't know. I think the Steelers and the under are potentially correlated here. I think if the Bills start scoring, I don't think the Steelers keep up, but that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely lean to the under. Yeah. I agree. I think that if that wind holds up, especially, but if that wind does hold up, that number is just going to keep dropping. That's true. Um, Jags traveling to Houston, take on the Texans. Texans getting uh, three points, and the total is sitting at 45 and a half. Uh, James, I'll kick it to you to start. Uh, what are we thinking here? I'm thinking I'm not watching this game for a second. <laughs> uh, Trevor uh, Lawrence. Yeah, I actually Tyrod no Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, if you're making a round robin, I think the Texans plus 150 on the money line could be worth a stab, but no clue. Wow. <laughs> actually, Gross. I have no idea. Gross. So I was telling, uh, I was telling you guys this yeah uh, the other day. I think that this Texans roster is one of the worst rosters I've ever seen in any American sports league, like my entire life. Um, they, they are going to be, it's a collection of like Randall, Randall, oh, we can, I, when we get to the Packers, we, I, we can like talk about that kind of like these deals, but Randall Cobb was on this team and they traded him. And he, I think he was supposed to be their number two receiver this year. Which, like, I think Brandon Cooks is pretty good. Thank goodness he's on that team because he is the only person on that offense who has any talent. And I think that they're 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 definitely gonna have the worst offense this year. And they are will absolutely their defense might be even worse. It's that roster is so devoid of talent. It is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it is I. I, I'm really struggling to bet on them, but I think their defense is going to be so bad that the Jacks can kind of pick their number. Um, and I just – I don't think the Jacks' defense is good enough to really – to, like, keep the Texans below 10 points. Although, if they do keep the Texans below 10 points, I will be laying 
any number against the Texans for at least a month or two because there's no way. I, I think they are almost a shoe-in for 0-17, which – Jesus, that's a... – I, I think they're that that bad. But and the Jags do have questions, though. But I do like the over, over, over 45 or 45 and a half, I guess. All right, awesome. What do you think? Following those sentiments, I'm on the te- <laughs> I'm on the Texans. Uh, well, first, I, I, yes, this roster is atrocious. I'm looking at it right now. There's, I mean, running backs are really good. A couple of years ago, between Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, and David Johnson, um, but so the team is highlighted by veterans. I believe before the preseason they had 36 veterans on their squad. I think now they have 30 plus veterans on their 52 man roster. Uh, which for a team as bad as Chaz just displayed is a joke. They should have a lot more younger talent. Um, but that being said, that might play a bit of an advantage in this game where week one of the season, veterans are fighting uh, for starting roles. They're fighting for this team versus a Jags team that has a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback making their first NFL start. Uh, they didn't look great in preseason. Um, Jags also have two corners on the injury report this week. Um I'm taking a stab at the Texans. Uh, also, week one home underdogs in division games uh, are have converted at a 78% clip, 18-5 and five against the spread. Um, I think this game reminds me a lot of Colts-Jags last year where the Jags got one of their only wins of the year. It was their only win of the year. And I think this is going to be the Texans' only win of the year. So, go Texans. Braver than me. Much braver than me. And I also um, can't I can't take the over because I can't see Houston scoring. I, I can't I, see either team scoring. I just like this game just like as James said is going to be disgusting. I don't really want to watch it. Well the Jags never on red zone. The Jags have talent on offense. Like okay. they have a good receiving core. Trevor Lawrence is, is like he's good. And the Texans are not going to be able to get any pressure whatsoever on him. So I think the Jags are going to be able to move the ball. And, like, James Robinson's good, too. He can run. And the Jags O-line isn't great, but it doesn't matter when you're facing the Texans. So maybe the Jags team total over is the move for me. That's not a bad book. Um, Cardinals traveling to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Um, where Oh, here it is. Uh, the Titans are lane three. Sorry. Um, totals at 52 and a half. Um, James, I'll kick it to you first. What do you think? I like the Cardinals plus three. Um, I think they win this game. Honestly, more than anything, I know you guys aren't high on the Titans. I really like the Titans, but this is more a play on the Cardinals for me. I like the Cardinals a lot this year. Um, high on that offense. I think the defense takes, steps back, takes a step forward um, after a tough year last year. And I just – I don't like the Titans' defense, even though I, I really, really like this offense. I think the best play – Austin's going to take it out um, or go, go into more depth with it. But I like the Cardinals team total over. I think they do what they want on offense and score at will. So that's my angle. I'll just yeah, take it over. Go ahead. Yeah, I, uh, I like I, – I lean Cardinals too. I, I like Cardinals plus three. But my best play here would be Cardinals team total over. Mainly, as James said, this Titans defense is just atrocious. Um, one of the worst pass defenses in the league last season. And this was while facing one of the easier schedules in the league. Now they got rid of a Dory Jackson, Malcolm Butler. They lost Clowney as well. I just don't think this defense is going to be good. Kyler can spread out the field. And I just don't think the Titans will have an answer for him. I also kind of like the narrative of an offensive minded coach and Cliff Kingsbury having just extra time to prepare. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the over is just a great look too. Um, but give me the Cardinals team total uh, just because I just prefer that, prefer them scoring. Um, I don't know if Chaz is going to get into it, but there's also rumors that A.J. Green is back. back. (laughs) Apparently he's looked tremendous in camp, and I even heard the quote that he's looking similar to Hopkins when he's on the field. Um, So we'll see how that that goes. Um, But Cardinals team total over is my play. Uh, I'm a sucker for the uh, best shape of his life. So give me, give me all of the AJ green props. Um, no, I Cardinals plus three is my second favorite play of the week. Um, I'm actually kind of excited for this team this year. And I, I, this is coming from someone who's not a huge cliff Kingsbury guy, but th- I think there's a bunch of talent on defense. Let me say what you want about JJ Watt. I still think he's, he's still pretty solid against the run. Um, and I mean, he's still a good player. And on, and then the lot, there's so much talent at linebacker. 
And um, I think the secondary is going to be really good. So it's, I think we'll see improvement on defense and Chandler Jones is back. Um, and I'm, I'm excited for the offense and like Kyler's healthy. We get the Cardinals are a team you back early in the season because once Kyler starts getting uh, nicked up a bit, then he kind of, his play starts to dip down a bit, but while he's, while he's up and healthy, there's few quarterbacks who can do what he do. So it's got me, it's got me excited back the Cardinals. And I'm, I'm, I'm fading the Titans this year. So, um, next game. Yep. Los Angeles chargers taking on the Washington football team. This game is a pick right now, or is it plus chargers plus one plus one chargers chargers plus plus one total at 44 and a half. Um, the football team is my uh, favorite win total. Under, I think I bet under eight and a half. Uh, James, you can start. Uh, this what are we is thinking here? I'm thinking this is my favorite teaser blaze of the week. If you can find a Chargers plus one and tease that to seven, Ooh. I'm a big fan of that. Um, being a Chargers fan my entire life and just kind of following even when they've gone to Los Angeles, you know the stat. Every game they play is a one-score game, whether it's the, a win or a loss. Every and then on the other time. side of the ball, it, well, it seems like it. Um, <laughs> Washington's not a team exactly that wins by getting margin. Phenomenal defense. Um, I just don't trust that offense. And this magic will have his moments, but they're not really dynamic offensively. I see kind of a low-scoring game here. I lean Chargers just to win the game, but if I'm catching seven here with any other leg on the board, big fan of that. I completely agree with that one. Yeah, I, I'm all over the teaser leg. This game was a complete pass for me. It's kind of just a wait-and-see game for me. Um, I, I really want to see what uh, Charge's new head coach looks like. And then I really want to see um, how Fitzpatrick looks in this offense. Cause I do really love the Washington wideouts. Um, although I heard um, Curtis Samuels hurt. So that might be interesting. Um, but if he's healthy with Terry, that it, the offense does have potential, especially with Antonio Gibson. Um, but in this game, I just, I want no part of it. Uh, I just think Washington's defense is too good. Some unknowns from the chargers, but at plus seven, I think that's perfect. I really like that. Yeah, um, I, I that was completely off my radar until now, and I just made a Chargers Niners teaser. Um, I, I, I think I the, I have a hard time saying this just because of history, but I think the Chargers could be like a top six, seven team this year. The roster is loaded, um, and I am going to buy into Brandon Staley. Um, I just hope that we like, cause all you need to do the, I feel, I feel like the chargers led in every single game last year and all they had to do was not piss it away in the fourth quarter. And that's exactly what they did just because of bad coaching and bad um, coaching decisions. And I'm, I'm just hope I'm hoping, please, please, Brandon Staley, don't be Anthony Lynn. Don't do it. You're, you're just, you're just not gonna have a job very long. If you do on the flip side, um, Ryan Fitzmagic does not move the needle for me. Like he's he's good, he's fun, he has good receivers. But if he was that good, he wouldn't be bouncing around from team to team his entire career. Um, the defense is going to be special, or the D line, anyways, um, and the O line will be good. So like he's got the pieces around him to elevate his performance. But over, it just um, I guess this is more of a. Uh, broader look at the the uh, the team i just i don't know if they have the uh, also I, i'm not a big ron rivera fan it's incredible what he did last year like persevering through cancer treatment and all that stuff but i don't think he's necessarily on the level of a head coach that you need to uh handle all the uh, big expectations that they seem to be getting this year so i i, I do lean chargers and i do really like that uh teaser like uh, Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> what? Most, just wild, like just hot takes about head coaches. I mean, I think, I think Ron Rivera is a phenomenal coach. I mean, the way he I, led that team to the division last year, I hear what you're saying about phenomenal, uh, phenomenal. Okay. They I, had a losing, they had a losing record. Well, they won the division and their they, quarterback they, they, last year. I had no idea who it was every week to week. I mean, I think <laughs> what they did was was a good job, but I hear you what it, you're saying. It, it is no, like it was. It was it, it was incredible what he did. I said that. 
I but just, a team, a team with high expectations. I hear what you're saying. Uh, it's tougher to believe that Ron Rivera is going to lead this team to nine, 10 wins. Yeah. I don't um, think it's that hard of a take. My Jets take is hot. That, uh, that, uh, well, I would wear it's just like last year with your Zimmer takes. I'm, I'm just – and the fact that you predicted Doug Peterson to get fired. Like, you just – you have a different thing with, with coaches. And you, you're usually right. <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing that. Ugh. Move on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, speaking of Doug Peterson, uh, Nick Sirianni is, tra- is taking his Eagles to Atlanta to take on the Falcons who are lane three and a half. It's kind of like three and a half, three everywhere. What is, do you guys think it's three most places? Yeah, I'm seeing three in my bookie right now. Okay. Uh, total is uh, 48 and a half. Um, I, I've kind of been flipping back and forth here, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you start, Austin. Um, okay. Well, you guys are on the Eagles, so I'm going to sort of take a Falcons perspective because I've been flipping as well. Um, I'm not, not okay. right now. I'm mainly just – I'm high on Arthur Smith. And I think him taking over with the weapons that this Atlanta team has um, and the fact that he has a more offensive vision, I just think we're going to see a different Falcons team this season. Um, If the O-line can just be a little average um, and give Matt Ryan time, I think this offense has a lot of potential. Um, In looking at this game, though, I'm kind of looking more just to the over. Uh, I just – I think this is an offense. Both teams here favor their offense and have weaker defenses. Um, last year, Eagles had one of the worst secondaries in the league, as did the Falcons. Um, I just think at a total at under 50 here just is pretty appealing to me. Um, the fact that the Eagles do have a very strong offensive line, um, hurts and, um, having another year here. Um, I just think that they'll be able to control the ground and be able to get theirs as well. So I'm kind of just buying into both offenses and I'll take the over. James, what do you think? Yeah, I completely agree with what Austin said about the over. I was actually going to talk about that after the Eagles. Um, the Eagles isn't really a strong play of mine. It didn't really didn't even make my five likes, but I, it's another game. I just like a high variance game for me. I don't really know what to expect from either team. I think both offenses will come out looking pretty good with a, the additional time in the offseason. Um, but I'm just I think I'm a little higher on the Eagles than the Falcons. And I'm not saying a whole lot because I'm not super high on the Eagles all for the season, but. I just like Hurts week one and uh, another year under his belt. So looking at plus three and that over. Yeah, um, I, I was, I was kind of, I've, I could disagree a little bit. I, I think I'm looking at the under here. I just, I think that it's a little, uh, a couple points too high. I feel like this should be 47, 46 ish kind of. Um, I think that the Falcons defense, like it's, it's healthy and thus it should be better than it was last year. And on top of that, um, I, the Eagles defense, it's, it's weird. So I think there's a lot of talent. I think they're very deep at D line. And I think that there's potential in the secondary. If you kind of get like resurgent years from players like a Darius Slay, for example, which he may very well just be washed. So like, if you do kind of get this resurgence of talent, I think you can contain a high flying Falcons um, passing to a high flying. There it is. Um, but uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, but uh, like, then again, I can definitely see the look for the over, like the skill talent on both teams is just very exciting. Now you get Pitts and Devonte Smith coming in. I expect big jumps for uh, Jalen hurts, like Jalen Rager, just, you know, Matt Ryan has like, no, it's – and then I do agree. I think Arthur Smith kind of um, – he, he moves the needle, right, just as a play caller and just as a play designer. So, um, I don't know. I guess I'll pass on side and total. There you go. That's fun. Gun to my head, I'll take the points, I guess. But um, let's move on to another bird team. Uh, the Flying Seahawks are going to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Colts are getting three at home, and the total is at 49 and a half. Um, one thing I think is interesting is I bl- is that Wentz got hurt and this immediately flipped from what I think was Colts minus two and a half to Seahawks minus two and a half. And I don't, and now that I think, I believe I saw Wentz is suiting up, he's going to play. Yep. And it did not flip back. Practice. And it did not flip back, right? Is Quentin Nelson going to play? He's limited. Eric okay. Fisher's looking unlikely. Got it. 
do you think there's value then on the Colts at plus three? No. <laughs> yeah, <right>. no. <laughs> uh, I mean, my thing is, yes, I think it's the line did flip when Wentz got hurt. But what we're kind of forgetting is the fact that Wentz really has had no time in camp. He's had not a lot of time being healthy with this team. And I think adding to the fact that they have two guards hurt, Quentin Nelson and Tanny Pinter, I don't know who that is. And then Eric Fisher, I heard, was unlikely to play. Just adds more uncertainty to that offense. Add in that they have a young receiving core with T.Y. Hilton also hurt. Um, it's just I, I, don't, I don't know what to expect out of this Colts offense, even though the Seattle defense is awful, um, which makes me like the over. Um, I, I, I don't know if James is going to touch on it, but uh, Shane Waldron comes in as their offensive coordinator. Um, and Seattle has said that they're supposed to be playing at a higher tempo this season um, with Wilson with the ability to audible at the line. I just Let think – I think the Seattle offense could be pretty explosive this season. So I think Seattle's going to be able to get theirs. Um, and the fact that um, uh, I did start this saying how much I don't trust the Colts offense, but the fact that Seattle doesn't have a good defense, I think the Colts can also get theirs. I wrote down over as my play here. Um, and then I would lean Seattle just because I have a better time trusting their offense over the Colts. James, what do you think? Starting to sound like an echo chamber because he, he literally took the words out of my mouth. I was going to start talking about the, the up-tempo and letting Russ do his thing, but he's right. Um, so that leads me to the Seahawks minus three, and I, I lean to the over. I just – I mean, you trust that Colts offense a little more than I do. I just – I don't really have any faith right now, especially, like like you said, no practice time for Wentz and time to really gain that continuity. So I know what I have in the Seahawks. The Colts are still an unknown to me, and I'm willing to gamble on that. In addition, Pete Carroll has been – very good in East Coast starts time against the spread. Uh, going into last year, it says here he was 12-7-3, and, and I think we backed him a few times in the East Coast, and I think he covered every time, except for the Bills game. So I think he went 3-1 and one yeah. there too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's pretty good on the East Coast. No, so the early start does not scare me. All right, yeah, that was all pretty fair. I don't, I don't really have a whole lot to add. Um, Niners traveling to Detroit. Uh, to take on Dan Campbell and the Lions. Lions are getting seven and a half points, and the total is at 45. Um, I'll start. I think that uh, it's, it's funny. Whenever, like, the easily, like, shit on coach gets, um, gets hired, I don't know what it is, but, like, I kind of want to root for him just to, like, see – kind of, like, laugh at everyone. But it's Dan <laughs> Campbell's – Dan Campbell is going to make it really hard for me to do that. Um, I, I, I think I think he's funny. He's like, I don't know, but I I just don't see it translating to much football success. It's the year's 2021. I don't know if like the the like the football guy thing kind of works well anymore. Um, on the flip side, I imagine we're getting have they the Niners even announced a quarterback? Is it going to be Jimmy G? It'll be Jimmy G. Okay. Yeah. Because Trey Lance is hurt, right? No, no, I hope not. Well, yeah. I think I think he might have like. <laughs> You're right. He was lim- limited, limited in practice. Yeah, limited in practice today. Um, I'm curious. What are you? How? What? What's like your outlook on the Niners? I imagine we all think the Niners are kind of gonna do do what they want here, right? Are you saying for the season or for this game? For this game, like, do any of you guys think that like the Lions are going to keep it within seven and a half? Um, no, but like, I don't want to lay that on the road. So this okay. is just another one of my teaser legs. I really like this one. So if the, if the Lions do pull off the impossible and win this game, it will be a bad week for me, <laughs> but go Niners. I kind of um, think, sorry, go, I ahead, would, go ahead. I think the Niners blow them out of the water. Um, I think there's just a huge coaching mismatch here with the fact that Shanahan has extra time to prepare. Um, I forgot to add this stat earlier, but. Rookie head coaches are one and 14 straight up and four and 11 against the spread since 2018. Um, so going to be a tough first game for Dan Campbell, especially against a really good Niners team. Um, the fact that ta- starting tackle Taylor Decker has been out of practice is going to lead to golf under pressure. And with this Niners D line, we know what golf under pressure is like. Um, golf has seen this Niners team very frequently and he's usually loses to him, um, which leads me to my favorite bet, which is golf to throw an interception. I think I'm nice. going to bet that every single week this year. 
Um, the fact that this Lions team is going to be trailing like crazy um, through most of the season, uh, Goff coming from behind, throwing the ball, uh, enjoy the NFL because this is probably his last season in it. Um, oh, no, no. He doesn't but, have many years left. He's going to I mean, look, he's a relatively young guy. He's going to be able to at least be a backup quarterback somewhere. No, agreed. Agreed. Enjoy your starting starting time. Uh, because I, I don't think I think this season is going to be horrible for him. Um, I, I just don't think Jared Goff is a good quarterback and he's up for a real awakening now that he's lost McVay. I should don't like I I mean, I I think it's very fair to make those comments because I don't think Jared Goff is super good or anything. But I I could see him having like a pretty like statistically good year um they're just gonna be, be losing the whole time every like every True. game so like he he can just chuck it around i i, I kind of like his his receiving court too like i like hawkinson i like almond raw you know he's got fun pieces around him he's got like good receiving backs so and also i don't think the o-line is horrible um i mean taylor decker being hurt right away obviously doesn't help but um i don't think it's completely devoid of talent like i don't know who has a bad O-line. Let's just go. No, the Texans still have Tunsil, right? Or is he oh, with yeah. the, No, they, he's with they, the Dolphins now. Or did he come Ragnow. from the Dolphins? He came from the Dolphins. Yeah, okay, they, that's what I thought. They do have Ragnow and Penny Sewell, but Taylor Decker's going to be out this week. Yeah. Um, uh, can we go back to you? I, I don't think, like, I hate their wideouts. Like, I don't think they have fun wideouts. Like, you named Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, I think, <laughs> he's gonna be, I think he's going to be good. I mean, I mean, it, I, I mean no we're, we're, ta- we're talking, we're talking about the lions. Yeah, like, true. Like, I mean, it's not, they're, they like, I'm not holding them up to the same level as, as the chiefs. I think it's the worst wideout unit in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I can't. Th- I, I think, think the Patriots awful. are way worse just off the top of my head. I'll take Jacoby Myers over Tyro Williams yeah. as the number one receiver. And they added John Smith and Hunter Henry. You're wrong there. Uh, we, we, we don't need to argue this, but it's it's we will monitor the team. I'm interested to see Jared Goff, uh, David Blau get ready to suit up. I have one more um, note on this game. Um, <laughs> if you like this teaser, I'm seeing an eight and a half on another book I'm on. Uh, so I think this moves pretty similar to the game we're going to see tonight in the Bucks Cowboys game. And books are going to start moving that to nine and a half for teaser protection. So get those seven and a half, eight and a half as soon as you can. It's already Although happened it, with the Rams, too. Yeah, is it? Yeah. I mean, it, the difference between seven and a half and nine and a half is not much between those numbers, but the difference between one and a half and three and a half is pretty significant. So, yep. All right. Um, uh, what's next? What's next? What's next? Best uh, game of the slate. Oh, yes. Browns. Browns at the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs are laying six. Totals at 54 and a half. Wow, this is this is a really good game. I'm, I'm actually excited to watch this. Um, are is this do the Browns have a chance to win here and establish themselves as in that like elite tier of uh, NFL football teams? Yes. Are you taking the six? Uh, I'm taking the over. I love the over, but okay. I, I think they're I think they're very live to win this game. I actually – no, I take it back. I'm taking the over, and I'm not betting the Browns. I'm betting the Browns to win the AFC. Um, I just think if you look at the schedule coming up, uh, especially with Ravens losing these injuries, uh, players to injury, uh, Raven, Browns have a very favorable schedule coming up compared to the Chiefs who have Ravens, Bills, Chargers, and Eagles in the next couple of weeks. Wow, that's I don't think, brutal. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see a number like this again, uh, especially after week five. And oh, and the then Browns, – And if the Browns win this game, then it's – you can get a real – they'll have a, a lot of – much higher probability. Hope the Chiefs go like two and two, too, and then come back mm-hmm. and bet the Chiefs. Ooh, Ooh. I like that a lot. Ooh. Like that a lot. Um, yeah, I like the over. Um, I mean, we saw how bad the uh, – I or no, the, Chief, were the, the Chiefs – uh, this is showing how unprepared I am. Uh, they were either really bad at rush defense or pass defense last year. And either way, I think the Browns will be very good in both. And um, while I think that the Browns kind of improved their defense overall, the secondary got better. Um, just in, oh, just overall health too. I mean, maybe Greedy Williams will finally play a game. It was him and Adore Jackson. We could just never get it right. But um, <laughs> um, I agree. I think there could there could be a bunch of points here. So uh, I do like to look at the over. James, what do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to – I'm definitely not going to play the under. I, I certainly need the over. And Andy Weed, Andy Reed. Andy Weed. Andy Reed. Andy Reed week one is always a strong friend. <laughs> His offense has come out swinging. So. Arrowhead's going to be rocking as well. Uh, something yeah, to monitor, yeah, though. Good. Chiefs have four offensive line pieces on the injury report. Ew. Three That's of them did early. fully fully participate, um, which another thing I didn't add earlier. I don't know how, but the Seahawks have over 15 guys on the injury report. That It's like the same thing happened last year, too. How does that even happen? <laughs> I don't know. But uh, Rashad Penny's coming back, and that's what I'm looking forward to. It's not even week one yet. Um, <laughs> <sighs> Dolphins at the Patriots. Um, I, I do like that uh, Browns win the AFC angle. That's good. Um, Dolphins getting three points on the road, um, heading up to New England. Total is at 43 and a half. Um, are we buying into two of this year? James, I'll kick it to you first. And Mac Jones. Uh, I'm skeptical. Uh, but like, I think he's got more freedom. I've, I've heard reports that last year he had to stick with what was called at the line of scrimmage. and He was not allowed to have the freedom to like make his own play calls. So I think he's going to have some more freedom this year, a little more uh, decision-making on his own. So that could certainly help him. He's gotten more weapons now, obviously has a continuity with Waddle. There's definitely a, a strong chance he makes a, a big leap in a second year, but I'm curious to see what he looks like. I'm buying in. I like Tua. I think uh, just another year under this offense um, and another year of recovery. Let's not forget he had that huge hip surgery just the year before. Um, yeah, I, I just think another year in this offense with that kind of receiving core, Tua does have potential. Um, and then to add to your other question, I really liked the P- Patriots went the Mac Jones route. Um, as I much as too. I love, as much as I love Cam Newton and kill a cam. And he was my, my star, my fantasy team that didn't make the playoffs. Um, <laughs> they had to move a different direction. Cam was not the future. And if Bill's going to win one in these next couple of years, when, when he's still, the time is right for him, he's got to move and look for a, a rookie quarterback. Um, and I think that he'll, they'll be able to open the field up a little bit more with Mac Jones. Um, so I'm, I'm high on both of them. Um, yeah, I, I think there are reasons for optimism. I heard, um, in uh, like Ryan Fitzpatrick did in an interview, uh, recently, and he said that last year while he was in uh, Miami, that like the whole off season plan was for him to, um, just for him to start the full year Tua was not supposed to play. And then like a couple weeks went by and they're like, let's just throw, throw him in there. So that means that like Tua had an entire training camp where, like he had no expectations to play and like on top of that, he probably was still a little banged up with the hip. So I, I do think that we can, we should see some kind of um, some like level of improvement. Plus his receiving core got way better. Not that it will really go into full effect uh, this game. Cause Will Fuller suspended, I believe, but um, yep. I think long-term it's looking pretty positive for him. And I agree with uh, Mac Jones. I just, he looked really good in the preseason. And there is there are things to be excited about. I was this game. What do you think? um, I was going to say I like I kind of just talked myself off the under. Um, So I and I I, I found what I'm replacing it with. But. um, um, Lean Dolphins, I just want to take points here. What would you guys say? I lean the Patriots. Okay. I, uh, mainly because of their, I think they can win the trenches. Uh, there's Dolphins, I think, have a COVID concern on their O line. O line in general is going to be an issue for them this season. And the Patriots added D line pieces. I think that they're going to have Tua and a lot of hell. Um, not to mention um, their O line is so solid on the Pat side of the ball. It is I very think good. That, I think they'll be able to win the game through the ground because the Dolphins do have a very solid um, secondary. Um, going to be tough for the page, uh, Mac Jones, considering that it's his first rookie's first start, um, and he's going against a defense as good as the Dolphins. Um, I, I'm going to lean Patriots just because of their battle in the trenches, but just a lot of uncertainty just because of St- Stephon Gilmore's out as well. Um, just don't really know what I'm going to see out of the pa- Patriots. Um, I think that's okay. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was going to say I think that's all fair. I still kind of like the under. I just see this game playing out where the Patriots kind of play close to the best early and get Mac Jones uh, comfortable and just get him moving around a little bit. Um, and like you said, that offensive line is 
uh, definitely a boost from where it was last year. And I think they kind of just dominate the trenches as well. So I, I see that clock moving. Um, and like, and like you, we talked about earlier, Tua, you guys are a little higher on than me right now. Um, it's more of a wait and see. I just think it's going to be tough for him right now to go to Foxborough and play that well. So I kind of like that under. All right. The Denver Broncos traveling to New York to take on the Giants. Giants getting three at home. Total is at 41 and a half. Austin, you have a like on this game. I do. It was a, a bigger like when Bradley Chubb was fully practicing. Uh, I don't like that he didn't practice yesterday. I don't, I don't know about his status today. Um, but I, the, the biggest handicap is I think Chubb and Von Miller against this weak Giants O-line could pose just a big problem for Daniel Jones. Um, Evan Ingram's looking unlikely. I think Barkley's going to be eased back into the game. I'm just not too worried about this Giants offense. I like the fact that the Broncos played their starters throughout the preseason. I'm hearing a lot of good things about Teddy, which I didn't think I would. Um, I might even take the under just because uh, the Giants secondary is very solid um, and might, we'll keep the game in, in close. But for the most part, I'm going to take the Broncos. James, what do you think? Yeah, I lean to the Broncos. Uh, the under would be my play here if I play it. Uh, it's just not a game that really interests me. I don't see that much value left in the Broncos, especially now that they're minus three on the road. Uh, they've taken a lot of money the last few days. But um, the under would be the play here for me, like you said. You highlighted it. Broncos can get pressure, and the Giants secondary is pretty strong. So, Yeah, um, kind of agree. I, I think I lean Giants for sure here. I'm just – I'm more, I'm more confident in their defense and I don't, I don't, I don't know. This Giants offense is the O-line is going to struggle and that could not be very good going up against healthy Von Miller and just an overall good defense elsewhere. Um, I believe that Denver is going to have very bad coverage linebackers this year. So Evan Ingram props especially maybe like over on receptions if, if they're trying he's to out. run him like he's out. He's, he's, oh, he's no hurt. way. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, dang. That's a bummer. Um, never mind that. I take it back. Well, then maybe call Rudolph. I believe he's on the roster. Um, but uh, let's move on. Hurt. No <laughs> way. He's limited. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah. Um, and and their third tight end, Caden Smith, also limited. So. <laughs> all right. And Kenny Galladay's. Wow. Giants also team total limited. under maybe. Yeah. Well, I don't think he's gonna play. Wow. It's missing a lot. And that Giants offense is going to be bad. Yeah. Saquon is going to get abused again. Oh, if my god! But they might, even, they might even just limit him, though. Like, I – Just put him on a pitch count? Yeah. I mean, this could be a secret play of us. I kind of don't hate the Giants team total under. You like that? Yeah. Plus, Temple will be moving really slow probably. And, all right, I'm on board. Um, Green Bay Packers, which for facing um, – what's technically a Saints home game. I believe this game is being played in Jacksonville. Yep, it is. Okay. Um, Saints getting four. Total is at 49 and a half. Um, this was uh, my fifth like. I like the over in this game. And really what it comes down to is I think that we're going to see a, a more explosive Saints offense. Um, regardless of um, like Michael Thomas is hurt course um and their receiving core is absolutely thin but the fact that sean payton gets to call plays where a quarterback can throw it more than 10 yards is a huge boost for the saints offense overall um i have no worries about sean payton's ability to scheme easy five-yard passes for Jameis if he wants that and i have no worry about uh james's ability to dump it off to alvin kamara to let him do his thing the o-line is going to be incredible once again um, I actually think that there, I, I have some questions about Saints uh, kind of like secondary uh, health and talent outside of a couple players and against the Packers, that is not just not going to go well against Aaron Rodgers, Devonta Adams. Um, I'm curious what your guys' thoughts here are um, just on the Saints and Packers overall and on in this game. Well, typically for me, Week one, week two is just auto fade for Saints. Um, but usually it's in a favorite role, and obviously it's been Drew Brees for what, like the last 15 years. So now that they're James, they have James Winston and they're like four point dogs and on basically a neutral site, um, 
it makes me lean to the Packers. Uh, it, it's I don't know what happens the first two weeks of the season. Maybe uh, McDowell, Sean Payton used them as like just kind of like a trial and error, just like what works, what doesn't, almost like an additional two preseason games. But I think the Packers come out here and get their points up. Um, and on the other side, we've seen Jameis Winston win trailing. It turns into points galore. So obviously that lends well to your over. Um, so I think if I had to play here, it'd probably be Packers minus the points to the over. I'm kind of leaning Saints way. Uh, I think something that isn't talked about enough is that the Packers O-line is different. Lindsley and Wagner are both gone and Bakhtiari will not be playing this game. Um, Saints have a very solid D-line. I think they could take a lot of advantage of the Packers here. Um, and then I think the unknown of Jameis could be a positive for the Saints. Um, we, it's just, it totally could open up this offense. Um, we've seen the Drew Brees dink and dunk safe offense that has worked the last couple of years, but there's a lot of talent on that Saints team. I can think, I, I can see Sean Payton really, um, drawing up plays that help out Jameis, especially with even in throwing in Taysom Hill to, uh, throw in different schemes and different quarterbacks out there. Um, I, I, I kind of like the Saints and if the game was in the Superdome, I would really like them. Um, it's just a little bit more unknown being that it's in Jacksonville and the fact that they have two corners on the injured list, including Lattimore. Um, they're not going to have Roby this week. So they're pretty thin there, which does help the over. I'm, I'm pretty surprised that over is at only at 50. I would have thought it'd be at 51 by now. Um, so I would lean saints and then I'll, I would probably go with that over as well. And don't forget guys, James Winston got LASIK surgery. So he's going to yep. see the linebackers underneath now. And it's, it's, He's going to be the first to uh, 6,000 passing yards in the season. So uh, go Saints. Um, and finally, the Sunday night game, um, the Chicago Bears traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Rams, who, I mean, it's like on a bet online, it's minus nine plus 105. I, I guess fair market price would say eight and a half. Um, totals at 46 and a half. I believe you guys like the first half under, right? Yep. Is that just 23 and a half, 20, 24? Yeah, I got 23 and a half. Okay. Uh, talk about that. Um, Bears have the 30, one of the worst O-lines in the NFL. Certainly not ideal for Andy Dalton, especially when the Rams have a very solid defensive line and defense in general. Uh, I just think they're going to be able to control the Bears all game, um, particularly the first half. Um, Bears D-line pieces can keep the game close to start, especially with Whitworth possibly not playing this game. Um, they've also faced Stafford multiple times before, so it could be a little extra just experience. Um, but the real bet on the first half is because I just don't – I don't think Andy Dalton's a very good quarterback. I don't think they're, they're going to be able to move the ball at all. And chances are the Rams are going to be up 17-3 to at the end of the first half, and then it will be the Justin Fields show. And I want no part of Justin Fields storming a comeback in the second half um, and putting up points against a quarterback that isn't schemed for so I'll just take the first half under when it's Andy Dalton, um, and that'll be my main play here. What about you, James? I don't think they're bringing fields here. I think they stick to their guns, at least for the first week or two, and then when it gets so bad, eventually they're like, they give in pure pressure. But um, I, obviously I'm going to tease the Rams down here. I'm still seeing a seven and a half on one of my books, which is very nice. I'm going to take advantage of that while I still have it. Uh, in addition to that, I'm going to look at the Bears team total under. I just think Dalton, that offense is really bad. And I, I love this Rams defense. Um, yeah, I think that the Rams defense is really good. Um, there's not a whole bunch of depth there, but um, regardless, the Bears O-line is so bad that Aaron Donald is going to dictate just kind of whatever he wants, um, which is, I mean, Andy Dalton's at quarterback. We saw what happened with him under center with a banged up offensive line with the Cowboys last year, and it did not go very well for him. Um, how long do you guys think until Justin Fields starts? Week three. I was going to say well, week three. Two quarters. Yeah, really? <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? All He's right. coming in this game. I mean, honestly, the biggest thing that Andy Dalton's got to be thankful for is that this game isn't in Chicago. Because if it was in Chicago, they were booing him in the preseason. Like, yeah. they yeah, want Fields. Like, there's going to be a lot of Bears fans there, though. They're going to be down. Like the Rams fans are crazy. <laughs> Okay. When they're getting booed in the first half <laughs> at LA, then they'll go to Justin Fields. Uh, but I think if it's not if it's not this game, it'll be next game when the Bengals are beating them at home. Ooh, that's bold. 
Dalton sucks. Um, what are we doing here? Yeah, I don't. It, it doesn't make sense. I don't know why some of these guys play. Maybe, maybe you. But like Andy Dalton is the reason why Jared Goff is, is going to be a, playing on another team next year. <laughs> it just it's stupid, and it just happens. Yeah, you're right. Um. Anyways, that's the last game. Um. Any uh, anything we missed? Anything you guys want to add before we hit it? I'm looking. Mm. No. All right. Austin, yeah. Austin gave us a Browns win the AFC. James, you got a future for us? Working on it. All right. Um, I'm going to say um, – oh, no. I mean, I gave one too. Just to make the playoffs. Cash it. Uh, wow. <laughs> I, th- I believe I – th- I think I bet plus 525. I like it. In the AFC, that'll be very difficult, but who cares? I'm excited. I'm pumped up. Jets are my squad this year. I would, um, I would prefer if you put that money on a number or roulette. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, follow us at the Sharpside Pod on Twitter and on BetSports, uh, the same username, at the Sharpside Pod. Um, more to come. We got College Football Pod just released this morning, um, and I will be working on the NFL pod likely during the uh, Thursday night game. So whether you're listening on Friday, Thursday night, um, Saturday, whenever, um, give us, give us a follow, leave a review, um, follow us on Spotify. If you're listening through there. Um, and if there's anything you think we may have missed any uh, player prop angle, something we want to hear about it, tweet at us, DM us, um, and shout and shout out, uh, our guy, uh, Micah Hewell. I hope I said the name correctly. He seemed very excited for the NFL pod today. So nice. uh, hope we did enough for you, uh, Micah. Fourth, Sharpside Podcast. It's been fun. Um, NFL is back, baby. Austin, what are we doing? Let's go win some money. Let's do it. Man, I got a pick.